This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everybody, welcome to Round Ball Stew. It's Steve, Dr. A. Alexander here with Raphael Johnson. It is Thursday, October 28th. And we are going to talk about Damian Lillard, the super fun Hornets, Cole Anthony, and many other things coming up. Roth, uh, how's it going, man? I'm doing pretty well. Got a little spinny circle, whatever it is. But yeah, I'm still here. Um, doing pretty well. We're obviously a week into the season. I'm really looking forward to tonight's Knicks-Bulls game. Both teams are actually good for the at the same time, for the first time in what, like a decade, I think, minimum. And it's also Joakim Noah night, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, and uh, I love that the other night the Knicks were up like 24 and Thibs was trying to get thrown out of the game, you know, classic <laughs> classic Tibbs move. And, uh, you know, the Bulls, we got to wait and see if my guy Zach Levine's going to be out there or not. I kind of feel like he's going to play. He said he's going to play yeah. through play through the, the tear he's got. I believe it's his thumb. And uh, – mm-hmm. I hope he keeps playing because because he's been fun to watch. And any concerns we had about Zach uh, not looking like Zach on a stacked Bulls team have been thrown out the window, I think. Yeah, so, agreed. And it's his left thumb, too. So, non-shooting. Yeah. That's good. You cut that thing off. He'll be fine. <laughs> Let's get started here on our list of topics to talk about. Are we worried about Damian Lillard yet? Let's look at Lillard's stats real quick. He's averaging career lows. Now, granted, we're only four four games in. But in four games, he's at 31 minutes, which is well under his highest average ever, 35.8 last year. He's scoring less than 18 points, which is a career low. His shooting percentage is 33%. He's sitting six out of 18 shots every game. And then from downtown is where it's really bad. 17.1%. So you add in the fact that he was disgruntled, looked like he wanted out of Portland last year. Like how long of a leash do you give Dame Lillard before you hit the panic button? Very long. I'm not going to panic at all. Personally. I think we saw some good work from him in the third quarter last night. He knocked down four, three pointers or something like that. Still didn't shoot it well for the game six for 22, but I think with the shooting, I would be more concerned if that was combined with, like, high turnover numbers. He's only averaging 2.3 turnovers per game. Doesn't seem like he's pressing too much. And in terms of the minutes, something that Chauncey Billups discussed during the preseason, he wanted to get Anthony Simons more time as the backup point guard. You know, have him be that second unit guy. Obviously, I think the feeling for myself and many others that that was going to impact C.J. McCollum more because of the stagger between him and Lillard. But with Simons, you know, getting more leeway within that rotation, maybe that allows him to rest Lillard a little bit more at this point in the season, just to make sure he's a full go and fully fresh come the stretch run. So I'm not too concerned personally. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he's Damian Lillard. He's, he's mm-hmm. got to get it turned around. Yeah. Now, 
it's good. It's a big hole to climb out of. I mean, the stats are pretty bad so far. And the, the three point shooting, especially, mm-hmm. has been really rough. But you got to think the calendar is going to turn to November. He's going to wake up out of his uh, hibernation slumber and, and be ready to roll. Yeah. So I, I'm not worried about Lillard. Now, this is the ultimate time to make some cheap offers, some low offers to his fantasy managers if you want to try to snag him. Like, it's the ultimate time to try to trade for Damian Lillard. So. Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets for a minute. How fun is this team? You've got LaMelo Ball running the offense. You know, he wasn't very good on Wednesday night, but prior to that, he, he was playing out of his mind. He's averaging almost 20 points a game, six boards, six assists, low turnovers, really fun player to watch. But Miles Bridges, Jonas called him the, the best fantasy basketball player you could have drafted thus far in the season as far as where you got him and what value he's returning. points, almost uh, eight boards a game, two assists, two steals, not quite a block, but but he gets uh, occasional blocks. But, man, Miles Bridges looks like a a man among boys out there right now. Yeah, he's been incredible. Uh, I'm not a big fan of award candidates at this point in the season because it's way too early. But if you're going to make a list of, like, most improved player candidates, I think he's at the top of that list based on what we've seen this last week. The offensive explosion is the biggest thing for me. Like we've seen flashes of it in years past, but he was never in a position where he had to be a primary cog in the attack. And that's what he has to be right now, especially with Terry Rozier's ankle injury. So yeah, Miles Bridges has been incredible. I think that Hornets team looks much improved. We'll see how they look once they get Rozier back into the fold. Because I think that's going to help out Kelly Oubre as well. I'm sure we'll go into him in a bit right now. Well, Kelly Oubre was terrible last night. Why I, yeah. I, I can't figure out why he he doesn't like people who play fantasy basketball because he just <laughs> seems to let us down year after year after year. But Oubre has is almost has to succeed at some point in that offense. But you know, he really never did what he was supposed to do last season. And then mm-hmm. you've got Mason Plumley with a nice double double on Wednesday. You've got Jalen McDaniels, who looked really good off the bench also. So there's a lot to love there. Now, P.J. Washington's out. That helps Jalen McDaniels and Plumley for now. But, man, what a what a fun team. And, we, you know, Gordon Hayward gets lost in the yeah. dust. You mm-hmm. know, everybody else is making headlines. So, Charlotte's pretty fun. Yeah, I would say with regard to Oubre, I think it'll be better fantasy-wise coming off the bench than as a starter. The one game he came off the bench, 25-3, 1-1, four triples. And I think when he's in a position where he can be more of a focal point offensively, he's better. He's in a better position fantasy-wise. Like last season, Golden State, they wanted him to be a starter. That really didn't work, especially when you're playing alongside Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. He wasn't going to have the ball in his hands as much as he needs it. So and I think that's what we're seeing right now in Charlotte, too, when he's in that stacked starting lineup. So Rozier gets back. Uh, Ubre moves back to the bench. I think we'll see him kind of bounce back from these uh, these slow starts right now. Uh, Ralph, let's move over to the Washington Wizards, who are somehow three and one on the season. Mm-hmm. I did not really see that coming. But let, let's talk about Daniel Gafford. Uh, he got hurt last night. He hurt his knee. Went to the locker room. Was helped to the locker room. Basically carried there. Didn't look very good. He came back to the bench and they said he was questionable to come back in the game. But then almost immediately after that, he was ruled out. He's having an MRI. Montrez Harrell went off in that game. I don't have the score pulled up in front of me because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, (laughs) But Montrez Harrell 
hit like 10 out of 13 shots, had a season high, great game all the way around. And with uh, Thomas Bryant not ready to go, with Daniel Gafford now hurt, I mean, this is going to be the Montrez Harrell show if Gafford's out for a week to 10 days, if not longer, which I kind of feel like he might be. Yeah, 25-11, one assist and two blocks for Montrez last night. Obviously, I don't think we're going to expect that type of production from him on a nightly basis if Gafford has to sit. But he's in a very good position. You're talking about a guy in nine cat right now, his top 75 player. And that feels like the bare minimum for him in this system, especially, like you said, Thomas Bryant. We don't know when he's going to be back. So Montrez is going to get a good 25 minutes per game. As active as he is, you can kind of trip and fall into a steal in the poker night in addition to what he gives you scoring and rebounding and the field goal percentage. So I'm wondering if you have him rostered, is this a sell high time for Montrez Hare? Or do you hold on to him because of the Gafford injury? I think it's both. Like if you yeah. if you want to if you want to eat up his upcoming production and just ride it out until those guys get back, then I think that's I think that's mm-hmm. probably what most fantasy players are going to do if they yeah. if they're sitting on Montrez Harrell. But there's also that selling point that when you're talking to your buddy and like, look, man, there's no centers left in Washington. Why don't you take Montrez Harrell and you give me, you know, Damian Lillard, for instance, <laughs> which is not going to happen. But, yeah. you know, what I'm saying like mm-hmm. you could also you, you can use this information to try to tr- try to move Mon- Montrez and get more than you would get normally. Yeah, that's a good point. Did we sleep on Cole Anthony, the point guard for the Orlando Magic? He's averaging 17 points, six assists. Isn't shooting a great, but 41%, a steal a game. And, you know, he kind of went off on Wednesday night, had his best game that we've seen so far. So that was 24 points and six assists and a steal, a couple threes. He's playing pretty well. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, I think we did sleep on him. And I think I'm glad you didn't mention the Knicks game on Sunday. I think he grabbed about 16 rebounds in that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, but you look at what he did last season and also in summer league, he was incredibly inefficient as a shooter. I think he shot like 29% in Vegas this summer, and he's about 38 39% as a rookie. So I think for those reasons and the addition of Jalen Suggs, a lot of us were a bit hesitant to buy in on Cole Anthony. But the Gary Harris injury opened up a spot in the starting lineup where he has to be out there. And to his credit, he's taking advantage. I think the only negative right now, like you mentioned, the field goal percentage, 41.3% isn't great, but it isn't terrible either. So what he's giving you, I think he's probably even more of a sell-high candidate than Montrez Harrell personally. Interesting. Yeah, that uh, that Knicks game you mentioned, which happens to be the only magic win on the season. Cole mm-hmm. Anthony went for 29, 16 boards, <laughs> eight assists, five triples. Like that was... That was crazy. That was on Sunday, so that might have got yeah. lost in the uh, might have got lost in the football shuffle for some mm-hmm. people. But sticking with the magic, what do you have any thoughts on Franz Wagner, who somehow just keeps plugging along? He's sitting there in the starting lineup. He had 15 points uh, on Wednesday. He scored in double digits every game. Uh, he's a three point specialist, so those are no problem. He's stealing the ball. He's getting one a game. Mm-hmm. Some rebounds, some some assists. You know, he's sort of like a Tyler Harrow type of player. What yeah. do you think about him? He's very good. I think in time he could be what Mikael Bridges is kind of for the Suns. A guy that isn't a flashy, fancy player, 
but he can fill the entire stat sheet for you on a consistent basis. And you look at the the rotation situation there in Orlando, Jonathan Isaac, Chimo Kiki are both without timelines for return. And even when they do come back, Orlando's not going to try to give those guys, especially Isaac, 30, 32 minutes per game immediately. So Franz Wagner is a guy, look at him, similar to the way I look at Chris Duarte in Indiana. You want to hold on to him, you know, because they're off to good starts, but because of the injury situations that those guys are in as rookies, they could be effective fantasy players for you and had to have leaks right now. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to my man, Al Horford. Back in action for the Celtics, has a little, had a little groin issue, had a little COVID issue. Wednesday night against the Wizards, he hit 7 to 12 shots, two three-pointers for 16 points, 11 boards, four assists, a steal and a block, just one turnover. I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't really trust him that much. But before he was shut down by the Thunder last season, he was playing at a really high level. And it looks to me like he's back at that exact same high level now with these new Celtics. Robert Williams looks great next to him, which I think probably going to free Al Horford up a little bit Mm -hmm. for some open looks. Jason Tatum also in that, that front court, like there's a lot of options there. And I think Horford's going to be looking at a lot of easy buckets. Oh yeah. He's been one of the biggest surprises in fantasy basketball thus far for me. That being said, maybe we forgot how good he was just because of the way the thunder just put him on ice last season. Uh, He wasn't hurt. So he wasn't coming back from an injury. It was just, more of just shaking off the rust associated with not playing. And to his credit, he's been very good to this point. I don't think he's going to maintain the top 10 value that he's giving you right now, but it's not far-fetched at all to think that top 75 comes season's end, you know, maybe even better than that because of the position that he's in and he's with a team that's in win-now mode. So no concerns there in my part so long as he stays healthy. Well, that's the that's the thing. He's got to stay healthy. A little worried about that. But last year in 28 games with the Thunder, before they shut him down, he was at 14.2, 6.7 boards, 3.4 assists. Like, that. that's not bad, a steal and a block. And then mm-hmm. this year he's 14.7, 10.7 boards, 2.3 assists. He's, at, what, at three blocks a game right now yeah. and 1.3 <laughs> steals, and he's also hitting threes. Like, there's no way he maintains this. You want to talk about somebody who might be a – a good opportunity to trade. It would be Mm -hmm. Al Horford, but he's played in three games. He's looked great in all three of them. And I, I, he was a guy that I targeted and took at the end of almost all my drafts because he was available. He's Mm -hmm. a center centers are sometimes hard to come by. And it, it not saying that I was smarter than everyone else, but it just seemed obvious that Horford might have a good year. And so far he's doing just that. So. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Let's move to Toronto real quick. Freddie Van Vliet is one guy we'll talk about. He's on a trajectory that is going straight mm-hmm. up. And then my man, Chris Boucher, is on a train that is plummeting towards the ground at a high rate of speed. Like this is really, really ridiculous. What are you, what are your takes on, on both of those dudes? Van Vliet, he got off to a slow start, but I wasn't too concerned there. Um, that was, I think that was associated more with being the unquestioned number one option for that team now, as opposed to last year's seasons past. Kyle Lowry you had there, you know, before that Kawhi Leonard was there. So there's a bit of an adjustment there, and I think Fred's only going to get better throughout this season. But, yeah, I'm really worried about Chris Boucher. Think about Nick Nurse called him out over the weekend in terms of, you know, his consistency, the effort, what have you. Precious Achua has given him good minutes as the starting center. Man, I know a lot of us in fantasy basketball love Boucher's upside, but at a certain point, you really have to think about cutting bait just because of the options that Toronto has. They don't really have to wait for him to figure it out anymore, you know. So that's the biggest concern for me. Not concerned about Van Vliet, but Boucher, it might be time to pull a plug on that one if you have him rostered. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you're in a 10-team league, mm-hmm. I think he's automatically a guy you, you drop. Yeah. Because your waiver wire is stock. There's lots of guys out there you can pick up. If you're in a 12-team league, when is he going to actually help your team? Mm-hmm. I don't have that answer. I, I don't think anyone does. And we saw we saw this happen last year. Like Nick Nurse clearly does not like his game. Like he just doesn't like it. Yeah. He's giving Boucher 13 minutes a game. Boucher's confidence has been crushed. It's just not a good, it's not a good scene. So if I've got Boucher and I'm in a 12-team league, and I mean that's that's the thing you got to look at. Like, what's the threshold? Like what player sitting on your waiver wire would you pick up to drop Chris Boucher? Like I was able to pick up Spencer Dinwiddie mm-hmm. in a league last night. Like I would drop Boucher for Dinwiddie right now. Yeah. Like, even though I don't think Dinwiddie is the greatest fantasy point guard there is, Boucher is just, he's dead weight. He's like pulling people down right now. So I don't know, man. And, and if you're in a, if you're in a 14 team league, I think that's where you just hang on. Yeah. Let this sail over. And and who knows? The Raptors are off to a shaky start mm-hmm. um, through five games. I think they've won t- two. Is that I, I didn't even look, but they're they're off to a shaky start. They get their their first home win last night. And it's it's not out of the question that Nick Nurse's job could be on the line. It's also not out of the question that the Raptors could trade Chris Boucher. So 
I don't think all hope is lost, but, and we saw him do this last year, DMP one night, 18 minutes, another night, and then bam, he plays 30 and he goes off. So <laughs> there's still some hope, but man, it's, it's some dark, dark skies over Chris Boucher right yeah. now. Moving on, Jared Vanderbilt started for the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. They have been hinting at starting Vanderbilt. They also start, they started a big lineup. Like it wasn't like they changed it up a lot. He actually double doubled and had a good line. Are you buying into this Jared Vanderbilt thing in Minnesota? As a starter, yes, because he doesn't really have to do too much in that lineup. When you have Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt through offensive rebounds and, and some putbacks and some dunks and what have you, he can get eight to 10 points per night, I think. I mean, you're playing 30 minutes a game. The rebounding can be there. The defensive stats, I think he can produce those as well in time. So I kind of am buying in. Uh, how much am I willing to buy in? I don't know, but I think he's a guy that you should have on your rosters right now in standard leagues. Yeah, to be clear, Vanderbilt had... 10 points, 13 boards, three assists, a steal, uh, hit four or six shots, played 30 minutes in a 113-108 win over the Bucks on Wednesday. Jaden McDaniel stayed in the starting lineup, played 32 minutes, only had three points with 11 boards. And then Cat had, you know, his standard 25. He only had three boards and five assists, but 38 minutes for Cat. So, yeah, I think Vanderbilt burned a lot of us last year because we found out he was going to be starting and yeah. we got all excited, like, oh, it's Vando time. And <laughs> it never really panned out. But, you know, there was a lot of preseason hype about Nas Reed. He's been an absolute bust if you ended up with him on a roster. Now Vanderbilt's in the starting five. I think that's a guy you take a flyer on and we see what happens. Now, I don't think I'd drop Chris Bosch to pick up Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, you mean but Chris I, Boucher? I mean, Chris, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, close. I don't think I, well, I would cut Chris Bosch to pick up Jared Vanderbilt, yeah. but I, I don't know that I'd cut Chris Boucher to pick up Jared Vanderbilt, but uh, I tell you what, one more big dud from Boucher and I, I might think about it. Yeah. I think if, I would say comparing Vanderbilt to Reed, if this makes any sense, Reed would be a better fit if Minnesota only had two scores in their starting lineup while Vanderbilt is a better fit now that they have three. That's how I would look at it. Yeah, I kind of like that. Kind of like that idea. That's uh, That makes sense. Okay, let's move on to Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. So LeBron decides that he cannot play for a couple games, and Westbrook goes from being an absolute disaster to shooting it a lot better. Tuesday night, he hit 15 to 27 shots. Wednesday night, he hit 8 to 20. Bottom line is basically back-to-back triple-doubles. He was two assists short on Tuesday. But lots of points, lots of rebounds, lots of assists, steals, threes, yelling at Darius Baisley for throwing down a dunk that Russ thought was disrespectful. <laughs> uh, the funny tweet I saw out there on Twitter was uh, somebody said, man, how – what a veteran, what what a veteran leadership move by LeBron James to actually sense that Russell Westbrook is drowning, needed a confidence boost. So LeBron just says, hey, I'll take a couple of days off, let Russ get his confidence back. Pretty funny, but it is, I think this is a glaring example of why so many of us think it's going to be very difficult for LeBron and Russell Westbrook to play together and succeed together. 
Yeah, and the thing about Russ, he also had 10 turnovers last night. Like, you kind of expect that he's going to have those games where you have the high turnover counts. That being said, I'm not too optimistic here, fantasy-wise, even with these last two games, because like he said, LeBron's going to be back at some point. You know, Anthony Davis is going to need his touches. He's been a bit banged up because of the knee issue he had in San Antonio the other night. How are they going to juggle all of that? You know, I think early on, there are going to be some growing pains, as everyone expected. But later in the season, who takes a, a step back? I think Anthony Davis should be the best player on his team, but there are the availability concerns here. In terms of leading a team to a championship, LeBron is the best option there. But so how do all these pieces fit together, especially when you look around them? And for the names that they got, like Carmelo Anthony, Sirajan Rondos, they probably would have been better off with Buddy Hill than the, the moves that they made, you know, to get Russell Westbrook that trade with the Wizards because three-point shooting is still a glaring issue for this team. So I don't know. Russ had a couple good games, but it doesn't really change my thinking about him fantasy-wise, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I mean, and the whole point of this was those good games, one of them, which, like you said, had 10 turnovers. The other one, he only had three turnovers. Yeah. But, you know, they came without LeBron James on the court. And can they play together? I mean, eventually, I think they're going to figure something out to Mm -hmm. at least where, you know, Russ is okay. But just he's not going to be that dominant on the ball Russ that we're, we're used to seeing. So the Lakers played the Thunder, as I alluded to earlier. The Thunder actually came back from 26 points down to beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, that in it in of itself is pretty scary. Darius Baisley played a great game. Hit 8 of 14 shots, four steals, a block, four threes, 20 points. Lou Dort, 17 points. Derek Favors came back and played decent, 15.6 assists. SGA had a great game, 27, 9, and 5. Only two turnovers for him. Josh Giddy had 18 points, 10 assists, the second youngest player in NBA history to, to get 10 assists, I believe. And they just looked really good, the starters for OKC. And then you look at the, the bench for OKC, and you've got guys on there where, you, like somebody said on Twitter last night, you could take six guys off the Thunder bench and bring them back the next night and with different guys with the same jerseys and most people wouldn't notice unless you yeah. worked unless you worked for the Thunder. Like, who is Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Who is G Deck? Like, it's it's hilarious what this team is doing, and they've got like 150 first round picks coming up in the next few years. They have an, uh, 75 second round picks. Those are exaggerations, but the numbers, the number of picks they have is just ridiculous. Like, what is the goal? Like, are we going to be rebuilding forever and just? hoping to win one or two big games a year and then just get ready for next year's draft? I kind of feel like come the end of this season, they will be turning a corner. Got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they committed a lot of money to during the summer. I think between he and Josh Giddy, when we sit here in April, we're going to say those two guys are, are worthy cornerstones for this rebuild. And at that point, if you're Sam Presti, I think you, you then consider, you look around and say, all right, which star can we add to this, this duo using our draft picks, maybe using some of these young players that, that we don't think will be able to help us take this next step, but are serviceable players. That's what I think we're heading towards here. Giddy leads all rookies in assists right now. 
He can play on the ball. He can be a secondary playmaker on the wing. He's got the size to do it. And you got Shea. We know what he can do fantasy-wise and whatever basketball you're talking about. So I think that's where we're headed with Oklahoma City personally. Yeah, and they're fun. I cannot quit Darius Baisley. Like, I keep going back to him. I know know he's going to have some bad shooting nights and some turnovers and and some issues, but I kind of love him. I kind of love Lou Dort. And it's just weird to see Derek Favor stuck in the middle of, of that lineup, mm-hmm. sort of like how Hor- Horford was last season. You have to wonder how many games before they just pull the plug on Favors and let some of the, you know, Pokashevsky and some of Isaiah Roby, some of those big men they're sitting on the bench play. But for now, Favors, you know, when he's not resting, is actually probably yeah. going to put up some decent numbers with that team. But another fun young team, but. Yeah, they gotta eventually they're gonna have to cash in those draft picks and make some trades and get some some veterans on that team that can can help right now. So well, Ralph, thanks for thanks for hanging out today. That's that's all we've got. I'm gonna give a shout out to my my guy Keelan Mark. He's a local celebrity in Indianapolis. Okay. He's a he's a high school principal. He was in the first fantasy basketball league that I was ever in. We started in 1991. It ran till last year. This year, we all decided we're just going to play each other on FanDuel and, and DFS and stuff and, and not renew our league. So uh, we got some sad, sad old guys uh, <laughs> mourning the loss of their fantasy league this week, Ralph. That's tough. You know, you have that same group together for so long. It can be a bit difficult, even if it's just fantasy basketball. But yeah, no shout outs for me this week. Um going to be a bit greedy with them. I'll, I'll probably have someone next week, though. Save it for next week. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you guys next Thursday. I'll see you some of you Friday uh, with Matt Straub. And with that, oh, and Jonas Nader. With that, go Braves. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.